1: Today on the WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup.
2: Kyrie Irving issuing an apology for spreading anti-Semitic hate after his indefinite suspension from the Nets. I'm Christy Kalishian outside the Barclays Center.
3: Police are watching area synagogues after an FBI alert. A suspected serial rapist with
1: a lengthy criminal history is in custody now here in New York City.
3: And what would it take to bring you out to the marathon starting line?
2: A wrecked car in Hurricane Sandy
0: forces a Long Island teacher to walk and then run. I never stop, so my husband calls me Forrest Gump. (laughs) I'm Marla Diamond in Central Park. You'll hear
1: the sound of elections passed in our 88 Seconds in Sound, a Wayne Cabot production.
3: It's Friday, November 4th. Good morning. I'm Mac Rosenberg.
1: We have to say Wayne's name or we have to pay him. (laughs) I'm Paul Murnane. Craig Allen says September-like warmth continues. A sunny high around 70 today.
3: And one of basketball's biggest stars has been riding the bench, but now says he's sorry. It remains to be seen if steps by Kyrie Irving and the NBA will clear the clouds over Nets country. Outside the Barclays Center this morning, we find WCBS reporter Christy Kalishian. So Christy, Kyrie says he's sorry for the hurt.
2: Yes, Mac and Paul. This came hours after his second press conference since retweeting that anti-Semitic documentary. Around midnight, he posted a black square on Instagram with a caption saying, in part, quote, I want to clarify any confusion on where I stand fighting against anti-Semitism. Semitism was spelled incorrectly by apologizing for posting the documentary without context and a factual explanation outlining the specific beliefs in the documentary. I agreed with and disagreed with. He says he initially acted out of emotion and wants to have an open dialogue to learn more and grow from this. Mac. And,
1: and Christy, uh, Paul here. What about the donation that he offered before his mea culpa? What about that?
2: Yeah, and Paul, he offered $500,000 to the Anti-Defamation League, which CEO Jonathan Greenblack rejected in his press conference a few hours before this, uh, his written apology. He said he respects all walks of life and said that he can't be anti-Semitic if he knows where he came from. So it's, this is all interesting timing, especially after he was suspended indefinitely and for at least five games.
3: Our Christy Kalishian there at Barclays Center. And you can add the NYPD to the list of area police departments now on alert following word from the FBI of threats to synagogues in New Jersey. Police here in the city are not alone in stepping up security. And city halls are getting involved across the Hudson.
2: As soon as the FBI's Newark office put out the word of a credible threat, Jersey City Mayor Stephen Fulop said he took extra precautions to protect members of the Jewish neighborhoods.
0: We have reached out to all of the Jewish organizations and Jewish synagogues in Jersey City. There's seven of them. We have foot patrol stationed outside, and uh, we're going to increase visibility within the specific Jewish neighborhood.
2: In 2019, a Jewish market was targeted and four people were killed. The FBI said this time it's a broad threat that doesn't target a specific synagogue. Congressman Josh Gottheimer has an idea about why the threat came about.
0: I don't think this is just a random act. Clearly, this is, uh, in my opinion, a result of, of a compounding result of hate. He said
2: just look at the anti Semitic statements coming from Kanye West and NBA player Kyrie Irving. Carol Dioria, WCBS News Radio, 880.
1: The suspected serial rapist now under arrest in the attack on a woman jogger along the Hudson yesterday has quite a rap sheet. Sources tell the New York Post that Carl Fanor has 25 priors. The NYPD picked him up after they say he used a credit card that belongs to yesterday's victim. Police caught up with their suspect at the Port Authority after the credit card was used at a Target in Midtown. He is the target in at least two other sexual assault cases, by the way. One along the Hudson took place back in March and there was also an attack near the FDR Drive that took place earlier this month.
3: Over to Chief Meteorologist Craig Allen. The fog uh, gonna burn off at some point. And then a pretty nice day on the
4: way. It will, mid to late morning, uh, because obviously the sun angle a little bit lower and uh, it comes up a little bit later too. So unfortunately, the fog continues to thicken up through the morning hours. This will give way to sunshine and a high 65 to 70, clear to partly cloudy tonight. Look for patchy fog to develop again in several areas, and lows will be in the mid-50s in the city, of course, cooler again in the suburbs. As for the weekend, what a mild weekend coming up. Morning fog giving way to sunshine, Saturday's high, 70. 70 to 75. Sunday, breaks in the overcast. There will be some clouds, but some sunshine. And the record is 74. I'm going to uh, take a run at that on Sunday. Monday, it will be in the mid-70s as well, but the last of the exceptionally mild days. 53 now, humidity 89% with a light northeast breeze. We're all
1: looking forward to on Sunday, and that is the New York City Marathon. And a fifth-grade teacher on Long Island will be among the 50,000 runners 10 years after Hurricane Sandy, which... She began her running journey following the devastation from that storm. It's an interesting story. Marla Diamond caught up with her. She's live this morning in Central Park with the story. Marla.
2: And Paul, when falling trees destroyed her Suffolk County home and her cars, then 52-year-old Veronica Morabito Weeks had to improvise. I couldn't even run down the road.
0: Never in my life. I was just one of those people that was not the most athletic. I never thought I could run.
2: But she had no car and little choice in Sandy's aftermath.
0: I was running the post office to try to mail things for insurance companies and running to the store that was quite a, a distance away because right by my house, things were still without power. So I was walking everywhere, the deli trying to find, you know, food. I mean, it was crazy.
2: Her love for running has rubbed off on her students at Bretton Woods Elementary School in Hopog Morabito Weeks and her co-teacher, Tara Dungate, even started a club at this school to train the next generation of marathon runners.
0: Never in my life. I was just one of those people that was not the most athletic. I never thought I could run. So it has just really changed my life in many ways. So out of something horrible came something really good.
2: And we're live in Central Park. Marla Diamond, WCBS News Radio 880.
1: Uh, Marla brings, by the way, her experience to the finish line on Sunday. Todd Glickman will be there with our WCBS Portable Weather Center. He'll be in the park on Sunday watching that warm weather. It's all part of our Marathon Sunday coverage right here on WCBS 880. We'll see you Sunday morning. It's the WCBS 880 Morning News Roundup. Good morning, I'm Paul Mourdain.
3: I'm Mac Rosenberg. Here are three things to know in a statement to his nearly 18 million followers. Kyrie Irving apologized to those hurt by his anti-Semitic social media sharing. It's been suspended now from play, and the Anti-Defamation League is returning his half-million-dollar donation.
1: Number two, workers at Twitter are looking over last night's email saying they'll be notified about their employment status. One worker told CNBC... It's the first communication they've received from the company since Elon Musk took control.
3: Number three, Avon says so long to Suffern. Lohud.com reporting that 160 remaining workers in Avon's long-shrinking research and development lab will be laid off next year. Avon once employed 1,600 workers in town and is moving R&D to Poland and Brazil. California Perfume Company changed its name after it built a factory in Suffern back in 1897.
1: And now let's take a deep whiff of our news radio 88 seconds in sound today for the 4th of November.
4: The elections dominate the news this time of the year, but in 2021, no one saw this coming. The most powerful politician in New Jersey, next to the governor, New Jersey State Senate President Steve Sweeney, was sent home by voters, lost his seat to a South Jersey truck driver, a guy practically no one knew.
1: Ed Doerr, who spent just over $2,000 on his campaign
4: presidential
2: politics. Spontaneous celebrations erupt across the country as Barack Obama is swept to victory as the nation's first black president.
4: 2008.
2: Bob Schieffer, you have covered so many campaigns in your career.
3: Did you ever imagine that you would see an African-American elected to the highest office in the land?
1: You know, I'm not sure that I ever did. I went to segregated schools in the segregated south when i graduated from high school no black student had ever attended any school that i attended now that was in my lifetime look where we 43 presidents before him from george washington in 1789 to george w bush now all of them white men tonight that changes. Very serious. He seemed as if he could feel the weight of this moment on his shoulders. His smile was tight. His eyes a little bit watery. But for the people who were part of history here tonight, boy, for them, they certainly believe. Yes, we can. From Chicago, Peter Haskell, WCBS 880 News.
4: Election 97. New Yorkers gave Rudy Giuliani a second term as mayor and New Jersey ends a second term for Christine Todd Whitman as governor. Election night, 1980, Ronald Reagan defeated one-term president Jimmy Carter, who was hobbled by the Iran hostage crisis. It was a year earlier, this day in 1979, Iranian revolutionaries took over the Statue of Liberty for three hours, draping a 100-foot banner from the crown that said, the Shah must be tried. The secret was out that President Carter allowed the deposed and hated Shah to be treated at New York Hospital as News 88's Art Athens reported in 1979.
1: For days, all we could learn
0: was that he had some sort of disease that could be treated only in New York Hospital. The real impact of the Shah's visit, the hostage-taking in Iran.
4: On this day, Americans at the U.S. Embassy in Tehran were taken hostage. and would be held for 444 days, until the day Carter left office and Reagan was sworn in. This is November 4th.
1: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.